Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Hayley Curtis, Gene Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, gene keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Journey Home Podcast. I am so excited because today I have got the beautiful Lizzie Dewey back on the podcast. Lizzie was on the Fairy Crone Mothers episode. If you have not listened to that episode, it is a must, an absolute must. It was an episode full of wisdom and laughter and light. And I'm just bloody delighted, Lizzie, that you're here for a one-on-one episode. I knew right from the moment that I started this podcast, one of my goals was to get you on the potty. <laughs> um, just for, for everyone, for a bit of background info about Lizzie, when she first entered the journey home, coming into a group space, coming into a, a Zoom space to show her face or to participate was something that she was very nervous about. And I watched her transform over the months and then over the year. And to have Lizzie now here on a podcast episode, a solo podcast episode, I know is a huge, huge milestone for you, Lizzie. And I'm just, oh, I, there's just few people in this world that I would rather have on here with me than you. And look, everyone, you're going to get to know Lizzie throughout today's podcast episode, but a little introduction from me. Lizzie's one of my fairy crone mothers. She really supports me so much behind the scenes in the journey home. Inside our membership, Lizzie runs a little section called the Contemplation Station where she poses such potent questions to the members and shares her own really in-depth contemplations with everybody. And she just brings so much to our community, so much love, so much wisdom, and just this beautiful energy of perseverance. And Lizzie is someone who knows what it looks like and feels like to, to be in it for the long haul. She's been journaling for over 25 years. She is so dedicated and devoted to this road of inner work, and she has become one of my closest friends. And so Lizzie, oh, Jess, thank you for being here. And I would love to hand it over to you. For those who didn't hear the last episode, do you want to introduce yourself um, and just share where you fit in the TJH community? Okay. Thank you for that lovely introduction. You're oh, welcome. I'm blushing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, everyone. So I'm Lizzie. And as Haley said, I've been. Uh, I've been journaling and I've been doing this inner work for 25 years. Um, I've been a member of the Journey Home for just over a year, a year and a week and a day, I think. A year, a week and a day. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Precise. And I I, I joined the Journey Home uh, 
through a challenge that you ran, Haley, a seven-day journaling challenge, which I've been following you and kind of lurking in your Instagram space for quite some time and really wanted to know you better. So when you offered the uh, the seven-day journaling, I was straight in there and mm. I literally, I think I might have actually joined TGH on day one because I was running around looking at all the spaces you've got in there and all the courses and and I, it was just like, this is what I've been looking for for so long. Mm. This is the space that I've been looking for because it can be a lonely road doing mm. the inner work. Yeah. Um, especially doing it the way I do, which is journaling, which is a very lonely thing to do. You don't mm. tend to share your journal with other people and... Mm you haven't got that feedback there you're just you're in a dialogue with yourself and that's it so mm. finding a place where I could actually share and it was really safe to share um mm. so yeah I, I just I dived in straight away started doing some of the the courses in there before I'd even finished the seven day journaling challenge and just knew <laughs> that I'd I'd found the place I was meant to be um and and now, of course, I'm working one to one with you. I've been working one to one with you for about eight months now. Yeah, and I, it just gets better all the time. That I I just go deeper, and find out more about myself. And you know, you always say, you, you know, you want women to know, love, and understand themselves. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. That's what the journey home is all about. And you don't you don't tell us what to do you just make it possible for us to do that for ourselves to oh. to find out about ourselves and it's just yeah it's my favorite place on the internet it's the only place I go these days oh my god Pop yeah actually... again. <laughs> you literally have me tearing up and we're like only a few minutes into <laughs> I've like as you said that I just got all the feelings in my belly and oh. in my body and I remember those first couple of weeks of you joining the journey home I got this intense feeling of like whoa this woman has really found her home here inside this community and it yeah. was just so evident that the stuff that I teach and guide was the perfect, perfect fit for your heart and your soul. And I remember you would comment on things like, <laughs> I remember in the beginning, it doesn't shock you anymore, but in the beginning, it shocked you so much. You're like, Haley, honestly, everything you say and every single prompt I read and every single video you do, it feels like you made it specifically for me. And you're talking straight to me. You're in my head. And I was thinking, whoa. She found the right place, <laughs> and it was you weren't just... getting you weren't getting one line comments back. Oh, I was no. like giving you essays. Oh yes, there were paragraph after paragraph. I even said, I remember that first week. I was like, Bevan, I said, look at the size of the comments that this woman's leaving. I said, this is bloody awesome. Like. This is what I'm here for, you know, this dialogue of really going deep together. And I also want you to know this, you already know this, but I also want the listeners to know that this is not a one-sided relationship. I get just as much 
from Lizzie as what Lizzie receives from me. This is a complete reciprocal relationship and just hearing Lizzie's contemplations and the way in which she frames what she's finding out is changing me. You know, some, I read these things that Lizzie sends me in Voxer at our one-to-one. I'm like, oh my gosh, I should be paying this woman not the other way around as I'm reading this stuff that comes out of you. And I am just, I'm so, so grateful to have you as a guide inside the journey home um, and also helping me behind the scenes with other things. You know, Lizzie helps out with the podcast. She transcribes my podcast for me. She pulls out the, the bits that she thinks are most potent and that then helps me to create content from it. Like it's just so beautiful the way in which we get to work together now. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, when when you asked me to be a guide, I mean, I was it was an immediate yes, crying and yes, oh my god, <laughs> I'm so I was so. It was just like it was a dream come true when you asked mm. me to do that, but also really nervous. You know that yeah. that whole who am I to be a guide in this amazing space that Haley's mm. created. Um, mm. But I feel like, well, just the last couple of posts that I've done in the contemplation statement uh, station, I've had such amazing feedback from mm. the other women and, you know, comments and, and even, um, you know, private messages saying, mm. thank you, you really helped me to unlock something. Mm. And that's just like, wow, that's what I'm here for. There's yeah, nothing better, is there? Is, there isn't anything. It's just there actually isn't any better feeling. I, you know, I cry and I'm I'm sitting there. I read these comments and I'm crying and I'm smiling and I'm like, this is. I'm so mm. happy that mm. I'm helping because that's the whole. Mm. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Trying to help other people to totally, you know, find their way on their path. Yeah, just just loving other people. It's like why else would we go so deep into ourselves if it wasn't to pass that on you know why would we why would we ignite so much sense of purpose and fulfillment and grace and acceptance if it wasn't to pass it on and I just love that that oozes out of you so naturally and like you said like you were really nervous about this and thinking like who am I to share and I know that you Debbie and Megan all felt those same feelings coming in as guides. And that's actually been one of my favorite parts is me getting the opportunity to guide you in that, because that too is something that I've had to move through the whole, <laughs> who the heck am I to be sharing? Like no one wants to hear what I have to say. And I've really had to work through that as I've felt the pull to share. And so it's been such a beautiful experience for me to support you and Megan and Debbie through that as well, which I don't get to do um, necessarily with with the other women that are in my space, but that's been just such a, a beautiful um, thing to witness as well. So, I mean, that was a long introduction, but a beautiful one. <laughs> I feel like this is just as important as what this the might podcast be a, is going to be about. Might be a three-hour podcast. <laughs> it's funny because I'm in my bedroom right now, and for me, it's seven forty-five p.m. Um, for Lizzie, it's six forty-five a.m. Um, but Bevan usually just chills out in the evenings, and so I said, "Well, I'm starting a podcast at seven thirty. You have to be out." Of- 
room and he goes, are you telling me that I might be out of the room until 9.30 at night? I was like, yeah, Bev. Yep. <laughs> so it's me and Lizzie. If he comes back in. Might be 10.30, Bev, you know, like <laughs> I'm happy to have him in here, but because I have to have the windows closed and the fan off when I record and then if the dogs are in here too, it gets sweaty real fast and he wants some breeze. So he's in the end room with the breeze <laughs> and we'll be in here until 10.30. <laughs> so beautiful listeners, we actually have... Well, I'm I'm unsure what the episode's going to transpire to be, but I know it's going to be amazing. And Lizzie actually had this idea for this episode because I was like, Lizzie, I want your other podcast. Like you can ask whatever you want. And she had this incredible idea where she goes, Haley, I would love to ask you some of the really potent questions that you have asked me in my one-to-one journey, which is just, oh my gosh. And I just melted on the inside. Now, Lizzie writes down every single question I ever ask her. (laughs) So just to preface that, not everyone does their their one-to-one with me like that. Megan will listen to this and be like, oh my God, she's crazy. Why would she write down every question? (laughs) Megan doesn't write down anything. She just like, boom, she sits in that meditation. You guys are so different. So this isn't um, a reflection of what every container with me looks like, but this is Lizzie's style. She writes down every question and then uses that as reflection tools to come back over. And so she's gone through and picked a bunch of the questions. Is that correct, Lizzie? Am I getting this right? Um, you you are. I mean, my, my document, because I type all of my stuff up, I type mm. all of my responses up and I type all of your questions up. And my document is about 350 pages long now. Oh, my so God. So I decided... <laughs> she's written a book she's written a book (laughs) I decided to limit myself to um the activation sequence well Mm -hmm. to the life's work and evolution because Mm -hmm. um I'm I'm back working in my activation sequence at the moment I've done it one-to-one and I'm now back working in it as part of the destined group coaching Mm-hmm. So even more juicy questions are coming up. Um, so I, I limited myself to that, or we would have like a twelve-hour podcast. Oh gosh, um, yeah. There might well, be we've got many episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would love it. We can have how Megan is regular on the show. You can be a regular on the show and come. And I just love it how you're just going to ask my questions back to myself because I never remember, you know, and. Um, even when I read Lizzie's, it's so funny. Like I sit and I read Lizzie's contemplation station posts and they're very long. Like she'll write a question. She poses a question to the journey home women. And then she shares all of her reflections and how it came to be. And then she'll say, oh, and Haley said this to me in, in the Voxer space. And she'll quote me and I'll read it and be like, oh my God, I said that. That's I should write that down. (laughs) I'm always shocked. So Lizzie always mirrors back to me stuff that I've said. And I'm like, man, that was pretty wise of me to say that. (laughs) I'm really excited to have some of the questions reflected back at me today. And then we can, you know, who knows? So we'll just, I feel like that's all the listeners need to know, Lizzie. I mean, we can just kick it off with your first question, shall we? Okay. So um, one of the most illuminating places that I dug into when I was beginning this Jinkies journey is the pathway of challenge, which yeah. uh, lies between your life's work and your evolution keys. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you did tell me 
that it's one of the ultimate places of discomfort. That was one of the things you said to me, and you weren't wrong. <laughs> some very uncomfortable stuff come up. So I would like you to tell me a little bit about your life's work and your evolution, Jane Keys. And I'd love to know, how did you find yourself falling victim to the challenges that come mm. up there? Yes. Oh, I love this question. So yeah, that, that pathway of challenge. So every one of your gene keys, you have 11 gene keys, but they're connected by pathways and each of those pathways mean something. And so the first pathway is the pathway of challenge. And it's really about how we face our challenges in life, because the shadow of your life's work and the shadow of your evolution are going to be this core challenge that keeps coming up. And they're programming partners, these two jinkies. So they really play into each other to form this one challenge that can show its head in two different ways. And we can either face that challenge with a victim attitude and be like, why me? This is so hard. Why is this happening to me? Life's out to get me. And we get trapped in the pathway of challenge for the rest of our days. Or we can face that challenge with a heightened frequency, a higher attitude, a better attitude, a more heart-centered attitude. And we go, okay, this is an opportunity. Life isn't doing this to me. It is for me. Life is bringing me the ingredients that I need for breakthrough. Life is bringing me the opportunities, the doorways, the gateways, the portals into my greatness. And it's coming in the form of this challenge. And when we then approach it like that, we activate our gifts and we move through our profile just to give the listeners a bit of background on that pathway of challenge. So for me, my pathway of challenge, my life's work gene key is 2.5, which is the shadow of dislocation, which in other words, is just to feel lost. And then it is the gift of orientation, which in other words is to find your way home. And then the evolution, my evolution gene key is 1.5, which is the shadow of entropy, which means the loss of energy in a system and the gift of freshness, which is creativity. It's like to create something from nothing, to birth something of beauty from a place of, of nothingness, of suffering. And so for me, that core challenge is between feeling lost and losing energy, losing energy and feeling lost. <laughs> I mean, man, that's my life, Lizzie. That is literally was the story of my complete breakdown, was the story of the way that I lost myself. You see, that's even the language I used years before I ever found the gene keys when I was going through my severe health challenges and losing energy in all of my systems, which was my evolution at play, I then was saying, I feel lost. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. I feel like I'm not supposed to be here. It's scary. It's dark. I want to go home. I just want to go home. That's how I felt. And that is completely 100% my core challenge. <laughs> Didn't know it at the time. But then I started digging into that core challenge without knowing that that was my core challenge. I just knew that I had lost all the energy in my system and I didn't know who I was and I just wanted to go home. And so I thought, how can, how can I get home? And I just knew I had to go in. It wasn't going to be out because I'd figured out that it was all of the external places that I thought home was in that made me lose the energy in the first place. It was all the seeking of validation and all of the consuming of food and alcohol and partying and 
wanting to be liked and pushing myself beyond my energy capacity, which is the very reason that I started to, my body started shutting down in the first place. So I knew it couldn't, I couldn't find it out there. It had to be in. And so I really started unpacking my core challenge of my gene keys years and years before I ever knew my gene keys. And so the experience for me when I did come to the Gene Keys, Lizzie, instead of it being like, whoa, yes, that's my challenge. I need to work through that. It was more, whoa, that is everything I have found to be true. That I was like, oh my gosh, my life's work was like Richard had written my life story and he had already written the path I'd walked and the things I'd found and the gifts I'd found along the way. And I mean, my gift is is to come home and my membership was already called the journey home. I'd already chosen that statement. And that's actually what my life's work is, is to bring people home to themselves. It was just insane, the synchronicities. But then after discovering about my pathway of challenge and knowing I had come a long way, I'd come a long way with the life's work portion, Lizzie. I'd come a long way with finding home again. But I was still getting really caught out with that evolution shadow with that entropy, with that exhaustion, you know, with the the fatigue and the pain and, you know, most of my, I'm not going to, every day of my life, it, there's fatigue and there's pain every single day. And it just depends how much of that is in a day. You know, on a good, on a really good day, I'll get, I'll get six hours of, of enough energy to do the little bits and pieces that I like to do. And that is a great day for me. A lot of days I, you know, can get half an hour. Sometimes I get none. Sometimes I get two hours. And that that energy loss was just poking at my evolution shadow like crazy and trying. And then I would find when I'd be sucked into believing that when I had no energy, I wasn't worthy enough, I would notice how it would claw at my feeling of being home. I had found my way home, but every time I sort of laid, I became a victim to my evolution shadow, it would try and punk me into believing I wasn't home. So then I had to dig really deep to then, oh, no, I'm okay. I'm back home. And so it was like this constant battle, you know, this challenge was still showing up. Yes, I'd found home, but I had to refind it every single time that this evolution shadow was making me feel like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy enough. And so that was then the biggest shift that happened from working with the gene keys was recognizing that I was safe to be in entropy and recognizing that it was actually the most potent part of my creative process. And it was actually the birthplace of all of my magic. So why was I fighting it? Why was I hating on it so much? Without it, nothing in my life would have ever changed. Without it, I would never have be living this life that I'm so fulfilled in. Yes, I am fatigued. Yes, I'm in pain. But man, I'm fulfilled. I am happy. I am joyful. I love life. I have enriching relationships. I love what I do for work. Like it doesn't get any better than this. And it's all thanks to the entropy. And so... Yeah. So for me, that was then the deeper layer of the challenge was actually coming into loving acceptance of the entropy, which took me some time. Right. And I know that you're experiencing this now with your evolution shadow of struggle, 
where we've been really working on, okay, like how can we actually start to really accept and embrace the struggle? And in doing so, it flowers into something completely different. And that's exactly what I've experienced with accepting and just embracing my own entropy. I have just flowered more and more and more beauty, which is the city. Not that that's not even what I meant, but hey, it is. It's actually the janky. (laughs) And so that's really been the challenge because, yeah, if I lose energy, I feel lost. If I feel lost, I lose energy. And so I'm very, very aware of that now. And that means that when I feel lost, now I'm like, oh, but you're not lost. You're just, you just have the illusion that you're lost because your energy is a bit lower. But your energy being low means nothing about your worth, means nothing about you being at home within yourself. And so suddenly it actually just doesn't matter anymore. Suddenly I can surrender. I can trust that everything is exactly as it should be. There is no such thing as a mistake. I am safe. I rest. And then my my energy returns. And and so, you know, that has just revolutionized my life, which is interesting I use that word, Lizzie, because that's the gift of my radiance, which is what happens when I have breakthrough from my past (laughs) challenge. It just all fits in beautifully, right? But yeah. Isn't it amazing when you start digging into this and you realize that I mean, you said this to me when when we first started working one-to-one, that you said you'll end up writing your own life's work, Lizzie. That's that's just the way it is. And it it is. It's like, you know, the the things that you, the notes that you gave me, and then I listen to Richard Rudd's audios or I, I read the book. And it's like, holy shit, this is my life. This is actually my life completely. And and it's not because my, you know, I've got provocation and struggle are the two shadows. Mm. And it was like, shit, you know, I don't <laughs> want to be feeling like that. But actually, that is what that and that is what has brought me here. And that's, yeah, you know, that's what's kept me on this path. You know, the 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 gifts in both of those, the dynamism and the perseverance is why I'm still doing this. 25 years later and why I'm still feeling all the time I feel like I've gone back to the beginning you know Mm. when I look at all the things that I've written over the months that we've been working together the number of times that I've gone wow I'm right back at the beginning again and it's great because I've gone a little bit deeper yeah you go deeper and deeper each time you come back to the beginning right and then when it comes to this life's work and evolution shadow this is such a huge part of of our journey here in life and like you said yours is struggle and provocation mine is to be lost and have no energy and of course there's a part of me that thinks well I don't want to be lost and have no energy no thank you but the moment that then I know It means to be lost and no energy just means that I'm stepping into being completely at home, bringing unity to the world, being in creative freshness and beauty. Then I'm like, yeah, give me lost and no energy. If that's what I have to journey into in order to create a homecoming for myself and others and in order to create creative overflow and beauty in the world, I'm going to go there then. Because there is no way, because of course, we all crave what is in our gift. 
on that pathway of challenge, right? So for you, you really crave that perseverance and that dynamism. I crave the orientation and the freshness. And we have to come into this loving acceptance that the only way to be there is to go through the shadow. The only way to grow those is to plant the seed of the shadow and to nurture it and to love it and to bring light to it. And so all of a sudden, and this is the shift in attitude, all of a sudden, it's not a victim attitude to those two shadows. It's a, oh, bring them at me because I want to get to know them more because they're going, they're my seeds to grow my beautiful tree of service. And that is just where the shift comes. Doesn't mean it's easy doesn't mean that suddenly the penny just drops one day and then those shadows never bother you again. Uh, no, this is your pathway of challenge. And you will always have more challenge because there is always more magic. You will always have more challenge because there's always more breakthrough waiting for you. There's always more of your genius ready to, to be revealed. And that's why we keep facing challenges because the only certainty in life is transformation and evolution. And guess what they're here to do? To transform you, to evolve you, to evolve our collective so that we can step in to who we're truly meant to become. And so the sooner that we just accept the challenge and the suffering that is on our path, the sooner we start tasting the sweet nectar of our gifts. Yeah. And we forget, we forget all the time. Uh, you know, you had to remind me in yeah. my in my last boxer from you was like, mm -hmm. remember. You couldn't be stuck because I've been feeling stuck. I've yeah. been in that, you know, and that's that because I want, I want to be in the shadow, uh, in the gift. I want to be dynamic and I want, you know, but I've been stuck. And and you said you couldn't be stuck if you tried. And it's like, oh, yeah. How many times has Haley told me that? When am, When is the penny going to drop? <laughs> but, you know, each time it's like oh yeah it lands a little bit quicker and you go a little bit yeah. deeper um, I mean I, I found the pathway of challenge was very provoking <laughs> for of me of course because <laughs> it was you know straight into that whole mindset that victimhood mindset mm. but because I have been doing this work for a while and I think it really helped as well um, because I had, before I started working one-to-one -one with you, I'd been doing uh, some of your courses inside mm. the journey home. Mm -hmm. And I'd had a like mind-blowing breakthrough over being stuck in victimhood and taking mm. responsibility. Mm. So I was kind of ready for it. I was like, yeah, come on, pathway a challenge. I'm Bring ready it for on. You. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> and um, you know, and if you can yeah. do it, Lizzie, bloody anyone can. You know, yeah. Lizzie has been through some shit in her life. And if there was anyone that would be like, I'm just going to be a victim, I would be totally okay with you being that for the rest of your life. Considering everything you've been through, if you were just like, I'm just going to lay down and be a victim forever, I wouldn't question that. You know, like you would have full permission to to be that. But you still choose not to. And you still choose to come and face this pathway of challenge, even after all that you've been through with gusto and perseverance. Of course you do. That's your evolution gift. Like, look at you go, you know, because I think that sometimes people might be listening, be thinking like, oh, yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. It's too hard to face that. It's like, no, we can all face this with a different 
attitude with a different perspective and that will change your entire reality and shift the path of the rest of your life Mm. yeah that kind of leads on to the next thing I wanted to ask you about that attitude because one of the things with my with my shadows in um life's work and evolution Mm. uh, provocation and struggle um they both make me, they take things very personally. I'm always taking things on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that limits my perspective. Mm. Um, and this was one of the, the most incisive questions that you asked me about taking things personally. And I, so I would love to know, how does taking things personally impact our level of perspective? And I'd really like to know, do you take things personally and how you move yourself out of that headspace? Yes. Oh, this is a brilliant question. And I see this impacting people across the board, across the board. I couldn't even tell you how many times in the last two weeks I have had conversations with clients or friends about this, about taking things too personally and questioning people on it. Um, because yeah, when we do take things too personally, it completely warps our perspective. We become tunnel visioned and we believe that it was a personal attack and that it means something about our level of worth or our level of capability or something. It means something about how much that person thinks that the value of us or whether they like us or not, or how smart they think we are and now we feel judged or we feel this or we feel that and we can take one tiny thing and that someone said or even the tone of someone's voice or the look in someone's eye or a behavior of someone or even something we didn't even see but we heard down the grapevine. We can take the tiniest thing. If we take it personally, we will create an entire story behind that thing and we will take a a molehill and turn it into a mountain when we take things personally. And so, you know, to answer the portion of your question about me, this is definitely something that I've worked on a lot. And I still catch myself in it because I'm human. And I even caught myself, was it yesterday or today? It was either last night or this morning. I caught myself in a moment like this where something was said to me and I noticed that I was mulling a bit. I suddenly caught myself because you don't always catch it straight away, but suddenly I caught myself and I was like, Haley, that thing was said to you like a good 12 hours ago and you're still thinking about it. That's a problem. <laughs> and in that moment, I recognize, okay, the the reason why I am feeling annoyed by this or I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling attacked by this is simply the perspective I'm taking on this. And my perspective that I'm choosing to take is just one perspective of an infinite amount of perspectives I could take. And this perspective that I'm taking right now, I'm noticing it is impacting me in a negative way. It has me maybe a bit anxious or I'm noticing I'm a bit tense or my jaw is a bit tense or now I can't focus on my creative projects because I'm thinking about this thing. Or maybe I didn't get to sleep very well last night because I was mulling over it too long. I start to notice. That's what I do. I I find it and then I go, how has this been impacting me? And when I recognize the massive impact it's actually having on the way I'm living my life in that moment, I say to myself, that is not worth 
me thinking about that to sacrifice all of that joy. It's not worth me sacrificing my well-being. It's not worth me sacrificing my joy and my bliss and the relaxedness of my shoulders or my jaw. It's not worth it for me. And so what am I going to do about it? Am I going to keep mulling and keep getting those yucky feelings or am I going to let it go and and know that the way I'm seeing it is just one perspective and it's probably not even the right one anyway. And that really helps me to let go of stuff like that because I've come to realize and especially from working with so many women across the years is that these things that we take real personally and that then we then mull over, you know, in the past I could have taken something that someone said and mull over it for years. And I'll be in the shower and it will come up or some, and I'll be coming up with, you know, maybe someone said something and I never said anything back. And then for years, I'll make my fake conflict in my head of all of the things I could have said as a great rebuttal that would have made me win that argument or win. For years, I would do this. Like this was a real toxic trait of mine. And a lot of people do this. And a lot of us we're exhausted and we're anxious and we're tired and we don't have time to do the things that we love and our relationships are suffering and we're wondering why. And so often it's because of all this bullshit that we are creating in our minds around these little things that we've taken too personally. And the thing about life, and, and this is like the major thing that really gives me solace and allows me to let things go, is that there's actually no such thing as something being personal. There's actually no such thing as it being personal because anything that someone says, does, or behaves is stemming from a whole long line of their own traumas or upbringing, ancestral lines, patterns, things they've gone through, ways they're feeling about themselves that go on from generation to generation to generation to generation. None of it is actually personal. So why would then I take that personally, make it mean something about me, and then the only person that suffers is who? Me. <laughs> and so yeah, this and is And they've something... moved on. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, this is one of those things. Sometimes with the inner work, there are certain things where I'm like super gentle with myself and patient and like loving and really dive in to really unpack it and feel it and, and pull it all back. When it comes to this, I'm ruthless. I'm indignant. I'm like, no, I'm just straight up not going to do that to myself because it's pointless. It's not getting me anywhere. And it's not even something that I need to figure out. I just need to fucking let it go. And so I get really ruthless with myself when I identify it. I'm like, ah, oh, what are you doing? You could be enjoying yourself right now, doing something that you love. But no, you're thinking about this stupid thing. It doesn't even mean anything. It isn't personal. Let it go do something you love instead. And so that's really my, but it's become my approach. You know, if it was the same thing coming up all of the time and there was a wounding pattern underneath it, yes, you can then go there. Like we've done that with yours, like certain tones of voice or things. And then we're like, okay, what was behind that? Where'd that come from? Um, which I probably did more of that in the earlier days, but I guess I've worked through all of the wounds behind those things that now I can just be like, eh, go away, eh, stop it. And I'm just like, eh. I like flick them off like little flies, like don't need that today. I'm okay. You know, and I just return to my center very quickly. Um, yeah. yeah, it could take me years to let something go before and I would hold a grudge. Oh my gosh, I would hold a grudge. Like crazy. I can be very stubborn when it would come to holding a grudge. And these days I'm like, oh my God, the only person that's hurting is me. 
not into it exactly especially when you're you know if it's a an like a close relationship or an intimate relationship it can Mm. just have been an offhand comment off the cuff comment that someone makes and they're not even thinking about it and you're hours late well me hours <laughs> later still thinking what did he mean what did he mean what and mm. and like you I will go through all the or I used to go through all these scenarios in my head and then mm. I'll suddenly say like my husband now you know he, he'll say something that isn't meant as anything personal but I would take it as personally and I would be thinking about it for ages and then I'd come back with a retort hours later because I've been thinking about it and he has got no idea what I'm talking about because he Mm. just made a comment and he's moved on to something else yeah (laughs) but yes what I'm what I'm learning to do now if I if I notice it I'm catching it much quicker now yes and and remembering that that thing that you said like none of it is personal and and often it will especially if it is a a hurtful comment or a criticism that someone makes more often than not it's coming from their shadow Mm. and I haven't got any control and it's none of my business what their shadow is and how Mm. they are coping Mm. with it and what they're doing you know that's their business that's not my business and just bring myself you know take a breath just yeah. pause and come back okay. into yourself because when yeah, someone come back into me yeah because when someone says something and it triggers you because you took it personally and we then become a victim to that comment it's like a piece of us gets pulled out and we sort of yeah. take it and project it out onto that person and so then it's just about taking that piece of you and just bringing it back into your soul you're like no nah, it's okay you can stay in here. This this also doesn't mean that you just let people treat you like shit and not say anything either. You know, this isn't about enabling other people's shadow patterns. Like if someone actually says something that is very rude and hurtful, like I would absolutely be like, hey, it's not okay for you to do that. But we're we're more so talking about like those little things that actually don't mean anything or someone, you know, depending on who it is too, like some people is just not worth even wasting your breath on bringing it up. And then other people say it is your husband. Sometimes there is a conversation that's needed, but it's, it's about figuring out, okay, was that a me problem or was that an us problem or was that this trigger or which you get to know, like you said, you've gotten so good at catching it now because you've gotten to know yourself more deeply. You've gotten to know your triggers more deeply, your provocations more deeply, and you've gotten to know your pattern of taking things personally. So you can catch it now and decipher and discriminate, which is another one of your your jinky gifts, discriminate between, is this something that I actually need to bring up or is it something that I just need to sort of bring myself back in, oh, let it go and move on. Um, yeah. But you only get oh, is to... There something I, is there something I mm. can learn from this? Is yes. this really... So, oh, is this, is this actually just a mirror mm. that is mm. showing me something I need to know about yes. myself? Yes. And is this showing then... me that I need to love myself more? Is this showing yeah. me that I need to hold more value for myself? You know, it's always going to be a mirror in some way. And and then you can move from there. But that does not happen overnight, does it, Lizzie? Like this is this is really going into the inner work and sitting in the discomfort originally of actually sitting with the things you're taking personally. 
And that's an uncomfortable thing to do. But once you do that, oh my gosh, does it bless you one thousandfold in your life. Like the things that I have been able to just let go that used to would have impacted my physical health, like long-term. And like, I would have held it like in my stomach and I just let stuff go now. And it's just so freeing, liberating, right? That's the city. Absolutely. Liberation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'd like to, I'd like to um, read you something now Mm -hmm. that um, you gave me this in my notes when we were working on my evolution gift of perseverance. You said, a day filled with pauses is a day of awareness, and a day of awareness is an extraordinary day. We need to let life call us to its pauses. So I would like, you You went on to ask me about how I would use my precious life force if I let, if I just paused and looked mm-hmm. at the magic in the pauses and 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 allowing myself to access that magic. So what I'd love to know from you mm-hmm. is what do you want to do with your precious life force? Oh, wow. And I think that that may have been a quote from Richard Rudd or it may have been a, a meld of Richard's words in my words, a day full of pauses is a day, is an extraordinary day. Oh my gosh, that just smells me. Well, you and Richard are kind of like the same person to me. Kind of. <laughs> you weave in and out of each other. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the biggest compliment I ever received in my life. <laughs> so the question wasn't about pauses, was it? It was about what I want to do no, with my precious life force. It was about what you want to do with your precious life force. Oh my God. <laughs> my life force is very precious to me. Very, very precious to me because I... I haven't had much of it for a long time now. And so it is extremely precious. But then even as I say that, life force means so much more than physical energy. And even in the times when I have had no physical energy and I have been so just zapped from my bones, you know, when I'm low in energy, like I am low simultaneously I can feel the absolute fire of my spirit and my soul and that that too is my life force and that's something I've learned is that even when I am completely exhausted I am still just as brilliant I am still just as magnificent because that's actually my life force so to say I don't have much life force is actually a lie I've just caught myself in a lie I've got heaps of life force it's bloody overflowing from me Lizzie (laughs) Uh, You just made me think of, uh, you did a campfire towards the end of last Mm. year and you were really low physical energy. Yes, when I did my neck. Yeah, and you'd been in pain and you decided to go ahead with a campfire and it was amazing. You you know, you you were physically not feeling Mm. anywhere. I could hardly move. I know. But you just brought so much mm. of your fire to that campfire, mm. you know. So, yes. and and yes. it was it was a huge lesson, I think, for all the women who yeah. were there. Yeah, I did a big teaching on suffering, and what are you going to yeah. do with it? So, and I mean, that's really what I want to do with my life force. I want to redefine 
what it means to suffer and I want to redefine what it means to face challenge and I want to ignite people's paths. I want to be an igniter of paths. And so like you said, how I brought fire to that campfire, I want to bring, I see my passion and my enthusiasm and just, oh, the passion that I have for what I do, Lucy. I mean, you know, like I, but I, I can't even, I, I don't think anyone will truly know. It's like, it's ridiculous. It just overtakes me. And I feel like I could literally throw up from joy. (laughs) It's so intense. And I'm just covered in goosebumps every day when I think about it and when I tap into it, it's just insane. And that's the fire that I just want to use to just ignite people's. That's why my containers are called Ignite, Ignite Your Path, Ignite Your Life. I want to take that fire and ignite people from that pathway of challenge so they can understand their suffering, reframe their challenge, realize that their suffering is grace and that there's purpose in their hardship, there's purpose in their struggles. If I can do that with my precious life force, I know the rest will take care of itself. Because once you get that, you get life. Once once that fully drops and it can take some time and it can take some guidance and it can take a lot of peeling back and the right questions, but that's what I want to do with my life force. That, That's all I want to do <laughs> in any way that I can do it. And that's always the drive, no matter what post I feel inspired to create or what event I want to do or what masterclass I want to teach or what I want to bring to the campfire or what freaking new venture that I'm always going on. It's always that is the driving force behind it. And there's just nothing else I want to do with my time here other than that. Um, and I'm just so devoted to that. I'm I'm all in. And I know that it is absolutely what I want to do with my life force because if if I could never make another cent in my life doing this, I would still show up and do it every single day. Yeah. Like there's just no way that I wouldn't. There's just no way that I wouldn't. Um, and so, yeah, that's all I want to do. I just want to do that, nourish my relationships, um, and just be an honest mirror, an honest, gentle, loving mirror for people in life. Wow. That's all wow. I want to do. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh. What about yeah. you? I just want to keep on doing this work. I've I've realised, and I know that I've said it to you so many times over the last eight or nine months, that doing the inner work has become the most important thing. Yeah. The, mm. It's it's the, it, I think it's why I'm here, is mm. to be doing this, mm. because I think that, I'm coming to understand that I've got so much wisdom inside me mm. that I need to tap into it. I need to do something with that. Mm. And mm. even if it only helps one other person, mm. even if it only helps, you know, one other woman feels helped by witnessing me doing the work, then that's, yeah, you know, that is a reason for doing it totally. and and it's just I just I want I feel like the more work I do the more I understand myself 
and the more I want to understand myself because every every time I I peel a layer back there's more Mm. there's more to be and it's not that yeah there's more wounds to be healed because I know as we carry on through my Venus and my Pearl that we're gonna find more and more wounds to be looking Mm. at and to be healed but it's not just that there's more love as well I keep you know I'm I mean you and I we're we're very similar in that we're both in these amazing marriages and we're both Mm. married to the love of our lives and Mm. and I literally every day think that I'm I'm as full of love as I could possibly ever be you can't get more full of love than I already am but then every day I get a little bit more full of love and And it's like what there's more (laughs) and that's what I'm finding that Mm. you know yeah there is more there's always more love there's always more you can always find more and you can always dig deeper and mm. and yeah i just i just want to i just want to keep on coming home yeah and, and, and finding that wisdom it's beautiful yeah. and i mean hearing you answer that lizzie brought something to the fore the foreground of my heart which i think describes both of us of what we want to do with our life force is just to play to be our peace just to fully be our piece in the collective puzzle. We each, the whole collective, we have the collective wounds to heal and we're each dealt our one piece of the puzzle. And so with my life force, and I know with your life force, I just want to fully be my piece. And when I just am fully my piece, well, then I fully accept my struggles and my challenges. I fully step up to the plate of what life's wanting me to transform into. I fully share my voice. I fully express myself. I'm fully honest. When I just take my piece of the collective karma, my piece of the collective wounding, my piece of the collective evolution, I just want to be that. I'm just going to, I know what my piece is and I'm going to play that piece from the fullest degree. And that means continuing that inward journey and fully understanding ourselves. So, because the more you understand your piece of the puzzle, the more you can be your piece. And the more that you know yourself, the more you know others, which means that you can just, ah, you can just stand in that piece strongly. And I mean, what more could any of us ever want to do than to just fully play our part that we were dealt? I know. Right. I know. That kind of, you've kind of, almost answered the next question I was going to ask you because <laughs> I was going to go on and t- and ask you about this this um this battle we have against the shadow frequencies yeah you know, individually and collectively mm-hmm. and how it all comes down to fear you know we're we're mm-hmm. we're battling against fear all the time mm-hmm. um and and I don't know if it was you or if it was Richard but you said <laughs> the frequency of the gift level ensures that love always wins over fear Mm. and you asked me that question you said do you believe that love always wins over fear so I would love to know how you feel about that do you believe that love always wins over fear I do I absolutely do because even in the cases where it doesn't seem that love has won over fear in death love wins over fear you know, the ultimate, the ultimate experience of unconditional love is returning to the arms of the great mother in death. And so 
love always wins over fear because at the end of the day, that's all that there actually is. The fear is just an illusion. The fear is just part of the polarity. The fear is just the dualistic nature of our universe. And it plays an important role, right? Fear is a driving force of evolution. Fear is the reason why we have these incredible cities and we have these um, incredible technology and all of this. It was actually created, a lot of it's created out of fear. A lot of it's created out of the shadow frequencies. Like the 58th shadow of um, dissatisfaction has created most of our modern world. Because we're dissatisfied and we fear our own dissatisfaction, we're always moving forward and making more and making more. And so it plays a really important role. But yes, love always wins over fear. And so even in in terms of the battle between love and fear, the battle is just an illusion. They're actually allies. They're actually allies. Fear is just ushering us more deeply into love. Fear is just the doorway that says, come with me. I want to show you the depths of love. Because without the fear, without that perceived darkness, we don't experience the fullness of the light. And that's all I have found to be true in all of the fears that I've ever fully entered into with an open heart. All All I've exited with is just more love. And so fear isn't the opposite of love. It's the gateway to love um, I mean, you know from working with me that the fear of death is a, mm. is a and it is for everyone you know when mm-hmm. you boil them all mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. we're you know we we fear death and it's that mortal fear um and you you said this um this great thing to me about letting the fear of death in you know, saying, okay, I see you. <laughs> yeah, there. I see you. <laughs> and just let it in and then and then transmuting that into dynamic energy. Yeah. And I just wondered if, you know, what does that look like for you to, to, to take mm. that fear of death in? What does mm. it look like to actually transmute that mm. into, into dynamic energy? Yeah, like for me, the fear of death, shows up more in my fear of Bevan dying or my fear of a loved one dying yeah. than it is of myself dying. Um, I think I faced a lot of that fear of death in my health journey that without really being super aware of it, I kind of faced that. And so I feel much better, but I do still have a story on that too. But in terms of Bevan in particular, this is where the fear of death gets me. My biggest fear would be Bevan dying. And I know that that is an issue because it can create anxiety. And so I actively work through that. And so an example of this would be like if um, Bevan's a little bit late home from work and I call him and he doesn't answer and then I call again, he doesn't answer. And then I'm like, Hmm. Then the mind starts going, maybe he got hit by a truck and he's dead. <laughs> you know, we all experience these sorts of things. But then I catch myself and I go, again, it's the same as the taking it personally thing. I catch myself and I go, well, Haley, that's absolutely pointless. 
And even if it is true, you don't need to be suffering yet. <laughs> you don't need to suffer now and then when you find out. Like, And so just even seeing the irrational nature of causing suffering for myself when I actually don't know any details. and But then that energy that came up, I take that and I channel it into loving my man more. I take that and I go, okay, well, instead of fearing Bevan dying, let me take that energy and fear not being fully present while we're both here. You know, it's like taking, and this is Jinky 28, you take the fear of death and instead of being afraid to live, you become afraid not to live. And so instead yeah. of being afraid to lose him, I'm afraid to not enjoy him while he's here. And so I re that's how I take it and insert it as dynamic energy um, when it comes to, to other people where I'm like, okay, that fear is showing me that I love this person so much. That fear is showing me that I'm so grateful for them, that my life is so blessed because they're in it. So take those things and amplify them. Be super grateful for them to be here. Bloody love the shit out of them. When he comes home, lather him in love and just tell him how amazing that I think he is without it being constricted. Like, never leave me. I'm so scared. Why didn't you answer your phone? No, just, man, I love you. Oh, I'm so glad I get to spend the rest of our lives together. Like, just grab him and I squeeze him. And so, like, I don't have to bring that that clingy, anxious energy in because I identified it was no need for it anyway. And then if I was then to bring that into the relationship, I'm taking away from the very thing that I was scared of losing anyway. I want to bring yeah. it down, you know? Yeah. Um, and then when it's in terms of myself, I've as much as like, yeah, I face like fears of death and stuff, but then I still have a, the way that the fear of death comes up for me still is like the fear of being attacked. And this is like part of my ancestral wounding and patterns from my, my mother's upbringing where I'll be out on a walk and like, I'll notice that I'm just fearing that someone's going to jump out and just rape and murder me, which is just, again, like irrational yet still possible, <laughs> right? And so I, once I started noticing this, I was like, okay, I have a choice. I can either allow that thought to continue to be there subconsciously and then as a result, I'm, I'm affecting my nervous system. This is not good for my adrenal glands. It's not good for my, it's not good for anything when you're tense, you know, being in fight or flight subconsciously not good and I remember this one day when it just broke off me and it's going to sound a bit ridiculous but I was walking through this like quite dense bush on my own near where we live here I was walking and I noticed oh I have suddenly had the fear maybe someone's following me maybe someone's going to jump out and I'm going to get raped and murdered and then I just stopped and I was like well if that just happened to be what's going to happen right now which is such a low chance if that did happen to me well, it will be my time and I'm ready to die. <laughs> that sounds so ridiculous. But the moment I said that, I was like, well, if that happens, if there happens to be a murdering rapist on this pathway, I'm walking this morning and he wants to murder me. Well, I shall die. And as soon as I just said that to myself, it, it just, 
it just left my aura and I was just okay again. And I released the anxiety that was sitting there subconsciously because at the end of the day, whether I was fearing rape and murder on that walk or not, I was doing the walk. And so I can do it thinking that, or I can do it feeling empowered and liberated that if it's my time, it's my time. (laughs) And it's not about then being an idiot and I wouldn't go walking at nighttime in the bush. Like this was in the middle of the day in a safe place. Like this is, this isn't about being an idiot, but in safe situations when I'm thinking these things, just recognizing that this is not worth my time or my energy and just being like, well, I'm, I'm okay then. If, if that's, if that means I'm going to die, I'm going to die. You know, that's like my, my mum. And I know mum, I know mum listens to the podcast. So sorry, mum, I'm going to talk about you for a second. You can turn the episode off now if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> but like sometimes I might say, oh, what, what would be an example? Like oh, I'd say maybe I'd be like, oh, Bevan and I are going on this jet boat ride thing. And she might be like, oh, well, I hope that you don't die. Like I hope you don't hit a rock and die, <laughs> you know. That would be like a common thing. Or if I'm like, oh, Bevan's just out surfing. Oh, I hope he doesn't get any by a shark and die. Or like, oh, I'm just going to like fly here on my own. Oh, I hope that you don't like die. <laughs> and so I've even started, I've, I've said it to her a few times, like, well, mum, if I happen to be on that jet boat ride and I die, well, it's bloody our time that like, it's okay. Let's not worry about it and just be okay with what happens. So, yeah. That's a long-winded answer, but there was a bit to it. <laughs> no, that's 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 like that's exactly what came up for me when I was uh, journaling about it. When you asked me that, <clears throat> if I if I keep bringing that fear into the present moment, then I'm missing the present moment. And yeah, what's, you know, that's kind of like that's just stupid. Why would I want to do that? Why would I when my life is so amazing? Mm. Why would I want to be worrying about something that might not happen for another totally. 20, 30, 50 years? You know? Totally. Um, this was a breakthrough so I had it's... when I was 11 years old. <laughs> I know I've spoken oh, no. about it somewhere. It may have been on the journey home um, somewhere. You may have heard me say this before, but I was 11 years old. I was homesick from school and I was watching Oprah <laughs> of the day. Pretty sure I was 11. I may have been a little bit older. Somewhere around there. Michael J. Fox was on Oprah. Yeah. And this was his very, very early stages of Parkinson's. And she said to him, she was like, well, you know, does it really worry you? Like thinking about how bad it's going to get and thinking about what it's going to be like um, if your tremors get really terrible and da 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 and he said to Oprah, just changed my life at such a young age. I was always, I was always so susceptible to this inner road, Lizzie. Um, he goes, well, if, if I worry about it and then it happens, well, then I suffered twice. Yeah. And he's like, so what's the point in suffering twice? He goes, or I can worry about it and it never happens and I suffered for no reason. So in both scenarios, I suffer one extra time than what I had to suffer. And that just revolutionized the way that I saw worry at a very young age. And I still live to that Michael J. Fox creed of, well, I'm not going to make myself suffer twice when I don't need to. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always love this about um, my husband. He's got, he's, he's not at all, you know, cosmic or woo woo, but <laughs> he never worries about anything. He mm. absolutely has. He's so sanguine about life and he has mm. that, well, is worrying about it going to change it? No, it isn't. What's the point in worrying? So he just, he never worries. He never, mm, let it go. Know, he doesn't get into that anxious. He, he So he he does live in the moment because mm. it's, he's not worrying about the future. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah. it's it, and I think that is it is the it's the holy grail of all this inner work that we do, isn't it? That we mm, want to in the present moment. Yeah, because people don't realize that when you worry, you've left the present moment. Yeah. So either if you're dwelling on something from the past, like what we were saying before with taking it personally, you're not in the present moment because you've sent your life force and you've put it into the past. And then if you're worrying about the future, you're not in the present moment because you've taken your life force and you've thrown it into this illusionary future. And then we wonder. It may never happen anyway. Yeah. And then we wonder why we, we don't have energy or why we're not present or why we're not feeling too good. It's because you're not actually here. If you are worrying, you're not here. You're somewhere else. And that's a big wake-up call for a lot of us is recognizing that. And when you catch it, it's not about how do I start worrying sometimes because that's really hard for people. Or if you catch stress, then trying to heal your stress is stressful. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. well, that's not going to help. So sometimes the biggest thing that helps is, okay, I've caught myself worrying or stressing. That means I'm not in the present moment. So how can I just help myself come back into the present? Yeah. That will evaporate your stress and your worry, just being in the present moment. So you can come at it from either angle. You can either come at it from letting go of the stress and the worry, which will bring you back to the present, or you can just come back to the present, which will let go of the stress and the worry, which can actually be the easier route. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I was actually, my next question was going to be about um, enthusiasm. Because you have so much enthusiasm, you, you just you bring it all the time. Um, but you've kind of answered, you know, what enthusiasm. Ask it anyway. I, Let's talk about well, it. I I just because you asked me about because I'm very enthusiastic as well, and yes, you are. and despite all the crap that has happened in my life, I'm a very optimistic person, mm -hmm. and even you know, I just I'm very you know. I want to live for hundreds of years because there's just so much I want to do. I'm so enthusiastic. I love life. And you asked me what enthusiasm looked like when I channeled it through my life's work gift. Ooh, so I was yeah. just wondering how how does it look like for you through your life's work, work mm, gift? Oh, yes. Well, enthusiastic orientation means that I am the most enthusiastic bloody tour guide you will ever have in your damn life. Yes. <laughs> tour yes. guide of your own inner landscape. Like, and this was even, um, I had a new Gene Key client this week and she's a new client, but we've, um, we've been Instagram friends for a while. And she even said to me, she goes, I just, I know I need to have a session with you because you're just the number one, like, 
you're, you're my number one like pep girl you're my you're just you're my number one what's the word that she called me I can't even think like cheer squad she's like I just need some yeah. of Haley's cheer squad energy and that's really the energy that I bring to the darkest crevices and corners of your inner world <laughs> yeah and I think that's what makes me so brilliant at what I do is I can take you into the absolute darkness with giggles <laughs> and yes. with light with light I am the torch so you're walking into the darkness but I'm this giant torch being like but it's okay yeah. <laughs> because you're gonna be fine like but I don't skim I'm not like you'll be fine I'm like deep in there unpacking it but in this very enthusiastic optimistic way and so that is how I channel enthusiasm through orientation um, wow. and, and then my life's work city is unity. I'm very enthusiastic about bringing people together. I'm very enthusiastic about having women know themselves because I know that that just means that then they feel more connected to all things. So I'm not yeah. helping you journey inward to be selfish and to seclude yourself. Yes, you may be secluded for a time, but my my uh, my evil plan on the inside is just to connect you to everything because <laughs> I know that that's where so you're, you're going. <laughs> you're not just our tour guide. You're actually our tour guide on the big bus. You've got us all on the bus. <laughs> yeah. I've got I everyone thought it was on really the bus. interesting. <laughs> Megan actually described you as the tour guide and the mayor, the mayor and the tour guide in our village, didn't she? Yes. Oh my god! And isn't it funny that I used to live in a bus? It just makes sense, Lizzie. I've got me in my that bus. Is, that that is exactly what you do. I mean, I I remember when we were um, working on my purpose jinky. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, this is mm. one of the deepest, darkest, you know, you're yeah. going into that well, that void. Yeah. But our Zoom sessions were full of laughter. Yeah. You know. Because I can't help it. I'm like, I just... here's the darkest place of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have so much fun but it's only because I know I have the foresight to know what that means for you because I'm like oh damn if you've got one of these deep dark places you are the epitome of light and I'm gonna take you there baby and I'm gonna be here to hold you while you're crying in the corner thinking that it's scary and I'm like it's gonna come from it I can see it I will see it before you can see it and that's that's that enthusiasm coming through because I'm just so fucking excited for you. Yeah. <laughs> what a cool um, question. Okay, so um, you've you've given me, I mean, you've given me so much amazing advice. I could write a whole book just on Haley's advice <laughs> because you just dropped so many pearls of wisdom in. Um, you, you know, you give me so much good advice about forgiveness and about forgiving myself means I can forgive everyone else and da, 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 mm. da, and then it comes back to forgiving myself um and while I was working through this I realized you helped me realize that sometimes I'm I'm fighting myself I'm fighting my mm. own wisdom this is something mm. that's come up recently as we've been mm. working back through my activation sequence mm. and destined Mm. And 
you said to me, surrender to your own transformation. And that just, that just completely blew my mind when you said that. So mm. I would love to know what does it look like to you to surrender to your transformation? Oh my God, it is the wildest ride. <laughs> oh my God. I think I, I can feel tears coming up behind my eyes, but I don't know why. Because I'm like, I'm not sad about this. <laughs> There's something about this that is so powerful. And I feel like I only understood that statement myself in 2023. So that's a place that I came to know so deeply and embody. I may have known it before, but I really embodied it in 2023. Um, and oh, man, the enthusiasm that's coming from me in 2024. <laughs> Look out world. Surrendering to your transformation goes so much deeper and ignites such a higher frequency than just surrendering to your challenges or to your suffering to what life's bringing you away, which was something that's still transformative that I had been doing up until last year where I'd be like, okay, I can surrender to the pain I'm feeling or I can surrender to this lack of energy. I can surrender to that difficulty in that relationship. And that, yes, helped because then you can unpack it and da 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 da, da. But simply the language shift of... I'm going to surrender to the transformation here. It's like a prophecy. It's a declaration over what this is. And you instantly give so much more power to your pain. Because that's what you're doing anyway when you just surrender to it. But this just, just actually bringing the understanding of I am surrendering to my transformation gives you access to power within you that you never knew that you had. It also gives you access to such a deeper level of self-honesty that turns into pure action of your heart. And so as I've really lent into this and I've gone, I'm going to surrender to my own transformation, some of the things have dropped in me and I have shifted behaviors that I have been battling with for over a decade that I had written. And I'm sure you've had this same thing where there'll be the same behaviors that you feel like you've just written about it. And like there are tear stained pages in my journal where I'd be like, when is going to be the day when I don't have to write about this anymore? Like what is wrong with me? But that was for a time. Then I surrendered to my challenge and I started getting somewhere with it. But then I got a bit complacent with my challenges because I was surrendered to my challenges, which helped me up to a point. But then once it upgraded to surrendering to my transformation, like I can feel just the engines of my life flicking on and on and on. And this deeper acceptance of who I'm meant to be, how I am called to transform and when I surrender to that in self-honesty, it is so freaking clear the things that I need to do. Like the clarity that is birthed from the energy of I am surrendered to my transformation is insane. 
and it is enough to carry you. Like I've always, I feel like I've been looking for how I can muster up the, the energy or the foresight or the wisdom to carry me over that void, to carry me over that gap of where I am to who I know I'm meant to be. And this was it. Surrendering to my transformation is what's carrying me over the gap that I've never, I've, I'd gotten to a certain point in my transformation, which was amazing. And I love my life and I have incredible relationships. I do what I love for a career. You know, I could happily live like that every day for the rest of my life and be completely fulfilled, but I knew there was bloody more. There were a couple of things that were holding me back that I knew were holding me back, but I didn't know how to get past them. And it was the surrendering to my own transformation that is carrying me across the gap. And I'm, I'm in it like, and I've been in it for quite a bit now and it just, ugh, the level of fulfillment in that is deeper than anything I've ever experienced. And like when I actually sit in that feeling, my heart starts to just whoa, like almost like a feeling of being drunk, almost like a, I, I get these rushes and I go, oh, I even said it to Bevan the other night. I was like, Bevan, I just got this rush which is usually the feeling that I would get from a couple of drinks, which was the reason why I used to have a couple of drinks often so I could have that feeling. I was like, I just got it then simply from thinking about my own life and my own transformation. Wow. And I was like, oh, I'm finding the magic source here because um, it's just, yeah, my, my behaviors have massively been shifting over the last few months without me having to do a damn thing about it. And that is, that is next level transformation, which only comes from the surrender. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so easy, doesn't it? Surrender, <laughs> just like that. But it's, it's not. Just say go, guys. Um, what's yeah. wrong with you all? <laughs> I know when, when you ask me that question I because you know I do all my contemplation with a written word and I journal yeah. to, to mm -hmm. get these things and so I was I started writing about openness that's what it is for me to surrender to it it is just releasing all of that constriction and just opening my heart just open yeah. and open and be more and, and just there's lots of space making that spaciousness inside myself mm. but then I had this um I shared this with you I just I had this vision of of my heart as like this huge garden this vast forest garden and it's full of trees and it's full of flowers and it's just and it blew my mind just thinking, well, that's what can happen. If I if I stop trying to hold on to stuff and control stuff, because I'm all about the control, you know. And mm. if I stop trying to limit it and just say, okay, transformation, here I am. Mm. Do what you will. It just, everything just opens up and it's vast. And when I shared that, I I, I don't know if you saw all the comments, I shared it in the Destined group, Boxer, and um, and yes. Lizzie Pickles was like, "Oh, and there's 
and there's animals and there's and there's flower yes. and there's birds and there's animals and there's insects so when, and the moon is there and the sun is there and it's like, wow, she, just took, she took this huge sort of internal forest that I had and made it into the whole world that everything yeah. was in it and oh my yes. god I mean that feeling I, I actually had a breakthrough the other morning in my journal well it wasn't a breakthrough really it was just sort of a comment, a putting together of pieces where from my um, the Wisdom Keepers deck, Rosie Aronson's Wisdom Keepers deck, which is the Gene Keys, I had pulled the inspiration card, which is Gene Key 61. And that's my SQ. And we're also, we've been doing a lot of 61 work in our destined group because Elizabeth has got 61. And I've also, I did a Gene Key reading for 61 two days ago. So it's been energy in my field a lot at the moment. And on there, it said the only certainty for the human life is is transformation. And I wrote that down and then I started just elaborating on it. And then I came to this point where I was like, (laughs) the pain people feel is just them resisting their own transformation. The ultimate suffering and when we're swimming upstream against our own life is just resisting the transformation. And we think that the transformation is the hard path because, yes, to surrender into all of this, it's difficult. But compared to being in opposition to your transformation, transformation is actually the easy road. We're living the hard road. We are living the hardship when we are in opposition to it. and really. That is the suffering of our world, the suffering of the collective, the suffering of every single human being you know. A lot of it is actually just their own resistance, their own being in opposition to their destined transformation. And that's why we get so down on ourselves and why we feel so shit and why we hold shame and guilt and blah, blah, blah. Because at a deep cellular level, we know. We know that we're holding at bay the very thing that we came here to do. And that hurts us. And so as we start to just surrender and let go and allow ourselves to transform, so much of our suffering begins to lift because that's the truest pain. And that just like, as I wrote that down, I was like, you know, it's like I knew that and I've said it in different ways, but the way in which I wrote it that day. I was like, that's it. And I took a picture of it and I sent it to to Michaela, one of my other one-to-one clients, because we were talking about this sort of stuff. I was like, read this. And she was like, oh my God, that is so awesome. <laughs> I've gone to this big conversation. But yeah, it's like, man, when you start to see these things, you can't unsee them and your life can't not shift as a result. Um, okay, so uh, perseverance, we know, is my uh, evolution key. That's a gift in there. And you helped me to see that perseverance isn't just about, it's, it's like you were just saying, you know, it's, it's not just about overcoming the obstacles. It's about persevering in the things that I'm passionate about yeah and you getting me to look at what I was passionate about and and 
you know, casting my vision forward. And we are at the beginning of the year, and I know that you're doing your whole vision 2024, which I'm so excited about. <laughs> um, and you have already answered this in a lot of ways, but um, just when you cast your vision forward, when you cast your vision of your passions forward, how do you see that being of service to the world? Where do you see that going? Oh, that's such a beautiful question to be asked. I feel so honoured to just have someone that even wants to know the answer to that question. You well, know, I want to know where I sign up for it, you see. <laughs> Liz, Lizzie's already trying to sign up for like a retreat that I mentioned that I might run one day in another country. She's like, so when are you booking that retreat? Because I'm waiting for my ticket. <laughs> I'm saving up for it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So my vision has started to shift in a weird way. <laughs> like as you're asking that question, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I'm noticing a shift in myself. It's almost like I have let go of a longer-term vision altogether. <laughs> Which as I'm saying that, I didn't realize, but I have, and that's been part of the scary thing that I've been doing is actually letting go of this idea of thinking that I have any idea of where I'm going, right? Like the fact that I thought that I knew where I was going and what I'm building and what I'm doing is laughable because of course I don't bloody know because my heart has just taken me on twists and turns every step of the way. So how could I possibly think that I know anything about what it's going to look like? So, but what I do know, what I do bloody know, Lizzie, is that whatever it looks like, it's going to be overflowing with heart-centered passion. It's going to be overflowing with pure love. And I know that as I grow older, the level of agenda I bring to things is going to keep decreasing. And that's been one of the most exciting things about watching myself evolve is seeing that agenda leaving. I'm pretty sure agenda is the dilemma of my life's work, Jinky. If it's not the dilemma, it's a major part of it. Like having agenda, like you'll love people, but with an agenda, like I'll love you and I'll write you these amazing journaling prompts, but my agenda is that you pay me for it. You know, or yeah. I'll make this amazing content, but my agenda is to be seen so that I can be validated. That I had that, even though I've always had the purity of heart of, of my service, there was an agenda that was sort of grabbing onto it through my shadow. And over the last three years of business, I've blissfully witnessed that agenda just evaporating. And so that's what I really see as I cast myself forward, if I visualize myself at your age, right? If I visualize myself at 60 years old, I'm visualizing this woman that just doesn't have a, a skerrick of a gender in her. And that excites me because I'm like, oh, what, what will life look like when a gender isn't something that I have to actively release anymore? Um, like, because I love where I'm at now. Like I hardly have any agenda left, but it's still, it creeps in, you know, I've still got money wounds to work through. I've still got ideas around prosperity to work through, which is why I got my turtle. 
I'm wearing a turtle that Lizzie bought me for Christmas around my neck. It's my guardian. Um, I am releasing some of this stuff still. So yeah, like my vision is that. And I get excited thinking about, well, if, and this, this sounds like I'm blowing smoke up my own ass, but I'm just being honest. If I'm this wise now (laughs) at 33, what the fuck am I going to be like at 63? I mean, I know it's mind blowing. That excites me. That excites me. And I think the more I move along this path, I think the more of a mystic I am becoming. Yeah. Um, But I will forever be in the real world. I will never be the mystic that drifts off and lives up, up here in the clouds that isn't in touch with reality. I love people and just this plane. I love earth so much. I'm the bull, you know, I'm earth, I'm an earthy gal. And so yeah. I'll always have my feet on the ground, but just, yeah, who bloody knows life's going to be amazing. I just have no doubts in my mind that life is going to be absolutely epically brilliant every day for the rest of my life because I found that home in me. Therefore nothing can ever, you know, nothing can wound a healed heart. No, that's not it. That's not it at all. Nothing can wound an open heart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a very um, vivid image of you in in my head and you explaining that to me and talking to me about that in one of our zooms and you you know you said about having the open heart and everything can come at you but it just passes right through yeah because your heart is so open Mm. and so nothing can really hurt you and you might have the odd bit of shrapnel that you still have to dig Mm -hmm. out Mm. but if you have you know that open yeah. heart totally. but yeah I I I can't wait to see what you're like when you're 60 because I'll be nearly 90 see. when you're 60 and, and I mean you're living for a couple of hundred years so you'll still be with at me. least well you know um I married the love of my life when I was 50 mm-hmm. and he was 55 so I've told him that in no uncertain terms that I want a golden wedding anniversary <laughs> so <laughs> I have to live to at least 100 and he has to live to at least 105. So now I've decided 100 isn't long enough. I'm going to need a lot longer. Oh, my God. I need to see I need to see all these, you know, I need to see you at 100. So I'm going to have to be like 130 at least. Oh, my God, I love it. We've got time, you know, we've got time. Yeah, and I that I excites me about life. And I think too often we think life, you know, how many people are, are your age, Lizzie, thinking that their life is buddy over? And here you are being like, what am I going to do for the next 30 years? You know, you've always got more time and there's always more that you can reveal. And, you know, this is where I know that life is just going to keep getting better and better because there still are a few things that hurt me still. There still are a couple of dynamics or a couple of people or certain elements of the pain and suffering I have in my physical body that still hurt me. 
And so there's still more work to be done. <laughs> so I get excited about that. And I know that there will be a day where those things don't hurt me anymore because like hundreds of things that used to hurt me don't anymore. And that's going to continue to lift. And each one of those that lifts, I get more free. I get more enthusiastic. I get more passionate. I get more connected. I get more grounded. And so to think of the next ones as they lift, what that's going to mean for me, that um, makes me very excited for the future. But at the same time, I'm so content in the now. If I never lifted another thing for the rest of my days, <laughs> I'm happy. But that's not my path. My path is transformation, just like yours is, just like everybody else's is. And I'm going to keep walking that road. And I think that was one of the, that's been, I mean, you, you've, I've learned so much from working with you and you've mm -hmm. allowed me to access so much of my own wisdom mm -hmm. that, and, and one of the most important things is, you know, because you know that, and it's all tied up with the fear of death, is this fear of running out of time and that I'm not going to have enough time and and that worrying about the time that I've wasted in the past and mm. and just changing that and and coming more into the present moment and just being more open yeah there's so much more what I want to do and it's yeah. I, I don't feel like it's ever going to stop you know people yeah. ask me how can I still be writing a journal after 25 years and it's like well how can I not be it's just it gets more and more exciting I, it does get more and more exciting because the deeper you dig the more precious the mm. the, the you know the the treasure that you're digging up totally. becomes even more precious yeah and then and you the start darker, getting yeah, and then you start getting onto the precious treasures that are just in the universe. Like you start, like once you get to a certain point of your own inner work, you start questioning like the world and then there's more stuff to, you start finding treasures in that. And then you start like, I mine for treasure in my husband. I know he listens to this. He probably doesn't know I do that, but I do, Bev. I love finding diamonds <laughs> inside of you. Um, I mine for treasure in other people too. Like there's always more treasure <laughs> I know I know I know <sighs> so I I have more questions but we're already an hour and 40 minutes in do we let's do, we do one more on? should we do okay. one more okay and so then this is, this is... do part two three four five and two one hundred <laughs> so I I wanted to ask this one because when I was in the midst of my activation sequence first time round on one of the oracle card days mm -hmm. in um in uh, the journey home you pulled the mother of salt waters for me mm. which i had never I, I hadn't had that card before and and it was quite mind blowing for me because it's all about passion and wild love and opening your heart mm. and the question is how can you let more love into your life? So how how are you doing that, Haley? How are you letting more love into your life? Mm. Oh, 
I mean, that's the whole journey, right? <laughs> it's the whole journey, yeah. It's the whole journey. But some of the practical ways I let more love into my life is being really aware of when I put walls up around my heart. That's what I've become hyper aware of, knowing when the walls have gone up. Because it's not about how can we get more in. Because as long as we're open, it's always coming in. The issue isn't, is there love or not coming in? The issue is, am I letting it in? <laughs> the issue is, are my walls up? And I like to visualize the walls I put around my heart as ice. And I even, you know, I can turn into an ice queen <laughs> sometimes. When I feel, I can just go, there is ice there and I have arrows and I will get you straight through the heart <laughs> like that's that's my I've got reaction in my um radiance and I have intolerance in my purpose and then I am aligned to in my EQ which is the line of aggression <laughs> so I'm a very I am a very um I'm a very kind gentle person don't get me wrong I don't want to paint a picture picture that people think oh gosh off, off screen is she like a total bitch no but maybe like I could count on one hand the times in my life where I have lashed out in an aggressive way. Um, and that's just not me. Anyway, that's when the massive ice walls go up. But sometimes the ice walls go up. I don't lash out, but I feel it internally. And so I just say to myself, okay, Haley, you put up those walls to keep them out. But the only one you're really keeping out is yourself. Don't separate yourself from life. When my ice walls go up, I have separated myself from life thinking I'm just protecting myself from a person. But I've figured out that I don't need to protect myself from a person because there's nothing that they can do that can actually hurt me as long as I have an open heart. An arrow only hurts when it hits the wall that I put up. That's where that's where the pain comes from. If the wall comes down, the arrow, like you said, comes in and goes straight out the other side. And so I'm only hurting myself when I put my walls up and I'm only depriving myself of oxygen, of life force, of joy, of all of the things that are important to me and that I value. I block out when I do that. And it's an ice wall because I know I can melt it with gentle, loving awareness. I see my own gentle, loving awareness as the warm breath. Like I'm like <sighs> on the walls of my heart and then I let them melt. And, and it might take time and it's okay if I need to spend a day, a week, a month melting that wall that came up from whatever it was that, that made me have the knee-jerk reaction to put it up. I'm like, it's all right, I'm just going to gently love love is warm it will melt the ice but I need to give that love to myself instead of expecting somebody else to change or someone else to come along and melt the wall for me it can't be done the only one that can melt the wall is you and you have to melt it from the inside out not from the outside in and so that's really how I let more love in I'm really aware of my own tendency to ice life out 
but I do it thinking I'm icing people out, but it's not people because nothing's personal and it's not about them. It's I'm just icing life out and I just don't want to do that. And so, yeah, the more that I'm learning to open my heart, the more time I spend connecting with my heart, even getting to know what it feels like, you know, in the mornings now I do this uh, um, mantra uh, meditation type thing where I close my eyes and I just sing the mantra and I focus in on my heart and what it feels like and it's electric and it moves and it's colorful and it just oh I can't like even as I'm talking now you can see me Lizzie no one yeah. else can but I'm moving I'm like woo I can't help but move and so the more I've connected with the true feeling of the heart then the more that I can be aware of when I'm not connected to it so it comes from both angles, being aware of what closes it, but being aware of what it feels like when it's open so that then you can, you can, you can be there for yourself <laughs> and just yeah, know that's it. been something really interesting mm. that has come up again and again and again, as we've been working, um, how my whole life I've been putting up these walls around mm. myself yeah. and around my heart mm. and realizing again and again it's like a you know it's like a massive epiphany every time I realize it's like oh how did I not remember how did I not realize before but the walls just keep everybody else out they you know I'm I'm not I'm not protecting myself I'm yeah. cutting myself off when I put those walls up so it is just about yeah opening my heart opening yeah. my heart all the time yeah and just gradually and and now the walls mine aren't ice mine are now glass when they come up yeah they are not brick walls it's, but that's that's a real move forward from the brick walls yeah it used to be a brick wall you know. and and I know you said this really beautiful thing to me um not long ago that I would be able to just touch my, I won't have to break them down with a sledgehammer I just need to touch my finger against them and they'll crumble Shatter. And that's just there, you know, and that just keep remembering, keep opening. That's why I use the um the triple flame app all the time. Yeah, and it's too. all about opening my heart, softening my heart, opening, just open, open, open all the time and just keep reminding myself that that's I let more love in by opening myself up. Totally. And giving it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the it's the safety we crave. The safest yeah. place you will ever be is within yourself with an open heart. No matter what's going on around you. But we we've been punked into believing that the safest place is to close that heart off. But that's treacherous waters. That's the true unsafe place. And we think, well, yeah. but then if I open my heart to everything, well, then I'm going to get hurt because then there's bad people with bad intentions. But no, because when you're open hearted, you are so in connection with your intuition that you can trust yourself to be able to lead you in the right directions in life. And you will you will get flashing red lights off of people if you are not meant to be in connection with that person. And so even with an open heart, you can choose to move away from that person. An open heart doesn't mean that you suddenly let every single person into your house and into your life. That's not what we're talking about. 
but to have an open heart, you can actually, you become like um, Richard describes it as like your sat nav system. Like the more you open your heart, the more access you have to your navigation unit, your intuition. And so that's the ultimate safety instead of just hiding away up in our fortress, cutting ourselves off from water and food and nourishment and love and pretending like that's us keeping ourselves safe. We are bullshitting ourselves. We are absolutely bullshitting ourselves. And the sooner we wake up to that and start to bring the walls down, the sooner that life starts to actually play out in the way in which we have craved it to play out. And it was not how we, it's not how we thought we'd get it. (laughs) It's the opposite. It's so against everything we've ever been taught to let your walls down when you're hurt. No, but yes. Yes. If the listeners leave with anything today, I think that would be it. Like what might it look like to start melting those ice walls or to start tapping away at the glass around your heart and just even to become aware of it. Just notice your own walls. That's that's the first yeah. place. And it's okay. There's nothing, it's not bad. You're not wrong. There's no reason to be shameful or feel guilty for that. It's so okay. Celebrate that you found them. Celebrate that you noticed them. And then start bringing that warm, loving awareness to, to just begin to melt them. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And that's when you find that your safety was inside you all the time. It was there all along. It was there all along. Wow. What a beautiful conversation, Lizzie. And I mean, if you would take me up on the offer, I would love to have you back for a part two. I would love to, definitely. definitely. (laughs) We can continue this. We're moving to radiance and purpose next. Oh, Oh, yes. Mm. to think that we were only just scratching the surface of like the pathway of challenge like it's mind-blowing I think we probably were yeah we've got yeah. so I haven't even much asked more. you all of the questions that I had for you today so yeah I've got lots more questions oh uh, well yes let's book it in we're, we're getting back on um but thank you so much Lizzie like your your enthusiasm, your optimism as you already identified about yourself which I love by the way <laughs> so present here today and I just love working with you you are the dream client just the dream all of all of my clients are the dream client um and I just I love the way that we get to connect I look forward to reading your voxes every day and every now and then I get a voicemail I'm like I want to listen to Lizzie's voice I love your contribution to the journey home, not just in the contemplation station, which is amazing, but how you just interact with the entire community and you are just such a pillar in there and you bring such light, you bring such love, you bring such hope, you radiate hope. And for that, I truly thank thank you. you. And I thank thank you. It's just the best place. It is the best place ever. I feel so Everything about it is right. I feel at home there. Yeah. It's my home. (laughs) And I feel at home with you, which is just beautiful. Well, my day is ending. Yours is just beginning. (laughs) Thank you for getting up at the crack of dawn (laughs) for (laughs) TJH Podcast.
I so appreciate it. And this is going to be an exciting one. When you do the transcription of this podcast episode, it's going to be you transcribing yourself, which is going to be so fun. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Liz. You want to say goodbye to the listeners? Goodbye and thank you for listening. And thank you for having me, Hayley. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I will be talking to you very soon. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. The TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.